Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Anything But Typical podcast. This one's going to be fun. Last time I was with Matt Posta, I think I tore my bicep trying to smash a golf ball at Top Golf, and I didn't do so well. That's not the way to do it. But so we got Mike uh, Meyer and Matt Posta here with us, and uh, this is going to be a fun conversation. So we'll start out with the typical anything but typical question. It's the only thing that's consistent about this podcast. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> So it's funny when we were asking these guys, so what do you like to do when you're, you know, out and about by businesses? Okay, I got it. So we're not going to use that as the scenario, but they're both family men as well. So Matt, you are walking to another soccer game on the sidelines. Somebody sees you. Hey, that is Matt Posta. And they start talking about you. What would you want somebody to say? about you and here's the caveat they didn't realize that you can understand everything that they're saying about you yeah actually i think that one is uh is relatively easy recently um thought about that for a long time um just personally everything we've been through growing these businesses um but i would say be balanced you Mm -hmm. know he's balanced um, it's funny, I've learned this, but everything in business is a, a, a dichotomy, right? Um, you have to be aware, but you can't be too aware. Um, you have to be detached, but you can't be too detached. Um, you have to be aggressive, but you can't be too aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, failure tends to happen at these extremes. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, finding that balance, um, not only in business, but also in family, you know, you you can't be a perfect dad and, and great at business, but you can't be perfect at business and a great dad. So, you know, always finding this balance between everything that we're doing um, is, is extremely important. I think sometimes people get too caught up in trying to find their way um, that they lose their way. Mm-hmm. So it's just understanding that you have to be balanced in everything that you're doing. Um, every interaction you have uh, within business and life is is critical for me. So I think somebody saying that that's a balanced guy uh, would prove success from my standpoint. Yeah, that's a good one. That's the first time we've heard balance. Right, it is. Which is really good. All right, so Mike, we're going to turn the mic on you. And this time you guys are probably at a gas station getting ready to go to the beach house at Ocean Isle and somebody sees you either at the gas station or at your local beach shop, you know, buying all the tchotchkes of beachwear or whatever, and they see you and they're like, hey, that's Mike Meyer. What would you want somebody saying about you? You know, I coming from banking land where you know, everything's money-driven, money, 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 you know, I always want people to think, man, this guy cares, mm-hmm. right? He cares about me. You know, we look at that from an employee standpoint, too, of, you know, they – they, they give a darn. Um, yep. You know, we've, the, the people aspect of things is incredibly important to us now, but I think that's a big one of just, you know, look at look how big his heart is and he, he really cares about us. That's a good one. That's why you guys are on this podcast, because if <laughs> you right. guys were giving us other answers, we'd cut and we'd be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, how many episodes have gone to the graveyard because they didn't give good first answers? It's, you <laughs> guys have made it you. past. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate your time. Yeah. All right, so let's dive in. But before we do, Gary, you had mentioned we were talking earlier that they talked about liking to buy businesses, right? So 
For the listeners that don't know you guys, you both have an investment banking background and you're the co-founders of MM Capital. So before we really dive into what MM Capital is, what you guys do with it, I want to talk a little bit about how you two met. So give us that backstory first. Yeah, so how we met, um, you know, Mike always hates it when I frame it this way, but uh, I was so smart I hired him um, <laughs> and immediately knew our, what our future held. Uh, but no, um, I joined uh, SunTrust Robinson Humphrey in early 2010. Uh, Mike was an intern through the associate program, correct, through uh, UNC um, and was uh, stationed here in Charlotte in the TMT group. Uh, which is technology, media, and telecom coverage, banking, um, and we just kind of clicked. Uh, mm. You know, after a, a, I would say a few years, learned that we both had uh, kind of that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, even though I'm not a huge fan of the term entrepreneur, I'll say it. Mm. Um, but you know, I had paper airplane business in second grade. Learned I could sell paper <laughs> airplanes better uh, or make paper airplanes better than the next guy. So I was like, I'll sell them for a quarter, uh, golf ball stands, all that type of stuff. And, and you know, notice that Mike sort of had similar tendencies that I did as, as a kid. Correct. I mean, you spend between 80 and 100 hours a week in the office together. You learn a lot about somebody. You know, where we were, you know, we're helping entrepreneurs on the other side of the table from us, right? Mm-hmm. So they're, they've got these businesses that they're, they're growing, they're building, and it's like, wow, that's, that's awesome stuff that they're doing. I want to do that. Right. Right. So somehow that came up in conversation with, with Matt of, we want to be on the other side of the table. And it's like, all right, well, it's kind of a big leap of faith to do it by yourself. You know, well, let's jump in this thing together. Yeah, and I don't even think the intent out of the gate was maybe – you know, separating from banking. Um, I think, you know, initially it was like, hey, we could diversify a little bit here. Mm. You know, most guys are investing in the market. Maybe there's some arbitrage we could find in small business investing. Um, But I think as we started to develop the strategy of of looking at it, as well as just, you know, becoming more mature, um, I would say probably in the banking industry itself, uh, just learning that, you know, this is, this is, maybe where we should be and what we should be doing hmm. you know there's in banking there's a phrase it's not if but when you're let go um you know diversifying is a, a great way to to put it but you know controlling a little bit more of your own destiny yeah um i think it, it made a big difference for me you know especially when you start thinking about wife children you know you want to make sure that you've got you know your ducks in a row for for life here hmm. so what drew you to to investment banking in the first place right even before you move on to the next step I had a, uh, it's funny, I had a uh, accounting teacher, uh, well, maybe even a step back. I had a graphic design teacher in um, in high school that said, hey, you should try computer programming. So then next semester took a computer programming class. That that teacher was like, hey, have you ever thought about accounting? You're, you've feel like you'd be great for accounting. So then I took uh, an accounting class, um, and this is in high school, um, and just fell in love. I was like, this speaks to me. I, I like math. I'm terrible at English. Um, I can barely speak it. Uh, but but this kind of makes sense. This is my language. Yep. Uh, so then I immediately was like, well, what's the best school that you can go to for accounting? Um, at that time, it was uh, University of Virginia McIntyre School of Commerce, was ranked best undergraduate business program in the, in the, in the world or in the U.S. And I was like, that's it. I'm going there. So then, you know, my vision was set. That was where I was going to go. And I wanted to be an accountant. And then uh, that's when all the accounting funds started happening in the world. Um, you know, all the, all the big ones fell down to the final four. Uh, 
um, Enron, uh, Sarbanes-Oxley, all that stuff started yep. started percolating. Um, did an accounting internship uh, and realized that hey, accounting is not for me. Um, what else is there? I like I like accounting as the backbone um, kind of yeah. a, of the financial world, um, but I like the theoretical side of finance. So then shifted into finance, and that was the logical step. If you're at uh, you know, undergraduate business school uh, at University of Virginia. It's kind of, you know, investment banking, private equity is the route you're going to go. Yep, that makes mm-hmm. sense. And for me, um, you know, out of undergrad, I was uh, working with a big bank, not in uh, investment banking, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, saw that, you know, that's that's where a lot of the money is. Mm-hmm. Um, knew I wanted to buy a business at some point, and, you know, that made sense for me to go, you know, business school, get into banking, kind of suck it up for a couple of years to get the financial reward in order to then be able to buy right. said business. So I had planned it out prior to business school. That's long term what I wanted to do. You know, I maxed out all the loans. So I'd have as much essentially cash ready to go when that opportunity arose. Hmm. Uh, but that was kind of my plan for a while. Interesting. Also, quick side note, exactly what you want to hear from a podcast guest saying, <laughs> I hate English. I can barely speak it. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told Gary, are you sure? <laughs> I'm like, you're going to make us sound like geniuses. <laughs> like, now I know why we got that. Yeah, that's bite. right. Yep, yep, that's let's it. play some pool. <laughs> so, so let's go back to your guys' initial conversation about going off and being on the other side of the table. What about... It's easy to say we're on this side, we like looking at the other side, but what about that other side attracted you? Why did you want to leave investment banking specifically then go and, and be on that other side? Um, you know, I would say ultimately with banking, you know, Mike kind of said this in so many words, but it's control of your own destiny. Um, yep. You know, I would say it wasn't because we wanted less stress, right? Um, if anything, there's there's probably more stress than what we're doing today, yep. and we probably work the same same amount of hours. Um, the best way to to describe it, or I've tried to describe it, is it's, it's kind of tangible stress. Um, you know, it, it's something that you can wake up in the morning and do something about. Verse and banking. When you wake up in the morning, um, you know you you do everything you can, but at the end of the day, there's other outside factors that may control what happens um, to that deal that you've been working on for you know three weeks, working 100 hours a day. Um, so I don't want to say as much control as it is, just you have the ability to to wake up, make a decision, and attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not traveling as much, so you get to see your family. Yep. Yeah, I think. Um you know, in banking, right, it's very transaction heavy, right? This transaction, this transaction, this transaction. And like, what are you doing at the end of the day? You're just kind of moving money around, right? Yep. You know, while the entrepreneurs are actually building something cool, right? They can look back at their time and say, look look at what I've done mm-hmm. here. Look at all, look what we've built. Look at yep. all these people that you know, we brought along with us. I think that aspect for me is is super awesome. Yeah, I think we talked about that a lot about kind of the commodity aspect of banking. It was if I walked outside uh, of Piedmont Road down in South Park and got clipped by, uh, you know, the the bus, you know, they weren't going to miss me. There was so there was thousands of kids that wanted to get into yeah. investment banking back then. Um, so from our perspective, you know, you don't you don't go to bed at night the most rewarding and satisfied, um, like you're you're actually providing value and, and changing something. I'm curious too, Mike. Did you come from uh, a, 
a family of entrepreneurs or yep you... so my um uh, my father was a doctor so he had his own small yeah. practice right so growing up in high school you know i would work in his office doing various things right so um yeah, price I, catheterization stuff yes like something that. like that right <laughs> um you know i started a business in high school um selling cool. uh well i really wanted to um be able to uh, trick out my car yeah so i started an aftermarket uh parts business um very cool. was able to you know sell to my friends and all that sort of stuff you know, got a scholarship to to school because of it which was was awesome but yeah i've always been hmm. wired differently than folks um you know part of the banking thing too is you know you work for certain people that you know are just not sometimes not great people mm-hmm. um but yeah we've always in me in particular i've just been wired different from the very get-go I think it's really interesting, you know, we see people that kind of came out of the womb, can't wait to do my own thing. Yep. Or corporate banking, or not corporate banking, but corporate America, sick of this, want to go do something. Or serendipity happens. But I think what's interesting with both of you guys is there was kind of this itch, but then this additional purpose driven, like, all right, I'm going to go learn these aspects and someday may have my own business but you a lot of entrepreneurs do not have the financial acumen that you guys bring to the table and that's not bad or good it's just they know they had this passion they had this vision they pursued it they made it happen but the weak link for them typically is on the financial part, so they have to bring in somebody like BGW or whomever to help them understand the levers and just have the humility to say, I don't know what I'm doing, but then they have other people around them. But you guys bring a level of acumen and sophistication that a lot of people in the entrepreneurial, in entrepreneurial world just don't have. It certainly helps, you know, close some of our first deals, right? Where you know we can do diligence on a company probably a little more in depth than your your average person because we know, you know, through banking, you know, what things to look for, mm-hmm. you know, where where are certain things hidden, uh, and we can, you know, build models probably better than your your average person in Excel, and that that certainly helped. And when you're looking at small business land, I mean, that's a little bit different than some of these big corporate companies for sure but you know a lot of it still applies where you know we can tease out certain things that that others may not what do you guys look for when you're looking for an acquisition tell the listeners some of the kind of holdings that you guys have and and how some of those came about and what you look for and maybe even when you've gotten burned when you thought we were looking extremely well our our first one we got burned on um at the right at the finish line so we were going to buy um uh gyms hmm. uh which you know fifty thousand square foot facilities with thousands of members uh, in the charlotte metro area hmm. um you know we thought we knew everything <laughs> about buying a business sometimes i mean obviously you learn a lot as, as you're going through the process but mm-hmm. uh the very first deal we got to the uh, you know one yard line and then um you know a landlord wanted you know, a hundred grand in order to you know assign a lease over to us, right? So the thing just fell apart at the very end. It was like, well, wish we uh, you know, would would have known about that earlier on, right? So mm-hmm. I mean, we have gotten burned on a number of things. Um, currently, we own a number of assets, um, all completely separate entities. So you know, 
BGW loves us because you know, we've <laughs> got so many entities that we're paying for taxes on. Um, you know, I spend a lot of my time on a property management and real estate business. Uh, Matt spends most of his time on an HVAC business. Um, and we own a couple other uh, random things uh, in there. When we first started getting into this, you know, we wanted, you know, having one business under ownership helps with the next one, right? Because folks will look at us and say, oh, you guys are bankers, you can't get a deal done, yeah. right? So we did get a, a one deal done. It was a smaller one that we did, and then that helped, you know, give us um, credibility for- That was the domino. Correct, yep. right? Without that first one, which, you know, it's probably not Matt's favorite, but um, it, it certainly helped open the door for the second, third, fourth, because they know, hey, we can actually get to the finish line yep. and, mm -hmm. and do it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, when we were first looking at businesses, the first couple of things we were looking at are um, you know, cash flow, right? We're, we're smaller in size, but, but now it's like, well, you know, we want something that's you know, worth our time and effort. Some folks will buy a small business, but it, you're buying a job. Right. right. So for us, we wanted you know, at least some size so that we could quit what we were doing in banking, right? <laughs> um, and that was, that was probably number one. And then... You know, ideally, right? You know, recurring revenue. Everybody loves recurring revenue. You know, low customer concentration. You know, if you can get all that stuff, that's that's great. That's for the property management company. What what happened there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we. <clears throat> so just real quick to go through. I think this is the correct order of progression. We have a, a wedding event business uh, and floral business. Um, we have uh, an HVAC business, so residential heating and air conditioning business. Uh, we have uh, six doggy daycare boarding and grooming facilities. Um, we have a uh, residential property management business. Uh, we have a plumbing business. Um, we have a filter distribution business. Uh, we have real estate. Real estate, yeah. And we have a small engine um, repair and distribution business. Um, yeah, and then a bunch of just other small stuff but that's kind of the, the gist of the main businesses that we have so it, no, I, well, I was going to say it is funny because you know Mike talked about our banking background at first it, it was funny because you know these first few deals we went into with like hey here's our diligence list here's all of the like you know just the formulaic investment banker approach yeah. um and you know it would take us forever to make it through the diligence because mostly small businesses didn't have the information that we were looking for um that whole thing to you know now on the hvac side right we've boiled it down to like three key things and we closed our last acquisition in nine days right it's like mm. you you get to kind of learn by industry what matters so it kind of it helped us but it hurt it hurt us a little bit at first um but i think because of that acumen that we had from that experience um it led us to really you know hone down on what matters very quickly yeah. um so you know we definitely learn from that over time and it's it's benefited us greatly so one of the things that has come up a couple times and it's on on the website too of you're building this to satisfy your entrepreneurial and your operating drive right how did you structure it in that way? Like you said, you're, you're a big part of the property management side. You're a big part of the HVAC. So you guys are actually in the businesses, right? You're not just acquiring businesses and plugging and play. So describe a little bit more of what that looks like of your responsibilities, how you actually go in and are a part of things as well. Yeah, I always say uh, when people ask me what I do for a living, um, well, number one, it's impossible to explain. But number two, I say, you know, 50% of my day is baggage claim. 
right? <laughs> so, you know, no one's calling baggage claim like, hey, just got my bags. Everything's great. You right. know, they're calling me with a problem that I got to solve relatively mm-hmm. quickly. Um, so that's kind of 50% of the day. The other 50% of the day is, is a personal therapist. Um, and the reason I say that is, you know, most business or the reason that, you know, most businesses uh, fail maybe for, for lack of better term there um, is they ignore, um, you know, small personal issues um, that are percolating in a business because they don't want to deal with it. Um, but if you don't deal with it, those small personal non-business related issues will become business related issues. Um, and then all of a sudden now you've got a bigger problem that takes a lot more effort and energy to solve as opposed to if you just address it up front, um, you know, with back to that balance word, address it with balance and, and, and awareness, um, you know, you can avoid those types of things types of situations so that's that's kind of the gist of what i do on a daily basis if you want to boil it down to that um but back to you know we're firm believers in 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 traction in eos so i would say we kind of sit in that visionary seat um you know of, of directing things to a degree but not getting in the way of somebody like an integrator who's capable of you know moving the trains in the right direction um so certain businesses like as mike mentioned him on the real estate and property management side and me on the hvac you know we get more ingrained um and then there's some uh you know like doggy daycare businesses where it's like you know i'm just gonna get in the way here Mm. um love dogs um i think i'm good with them but if you put me in a doggy daycare (laughs) center i'm gonna cause problems um so you know just being aware of you know what our skill set really is so that's what we do and when folks are looking at businesses to buy you know some of it depends on how big a business is and, and what hats you need to wear yep. right for a smaller size business you're gonna have to be a visionary you know, integrator plus you know, mm-hmm. three other things um, so some of our businesses now are of scale where we can you know, be a certain role and not have to wear you know, ten different hats so if you're looking to be the visionaries in this business are you also looking for companies that have a high quality integrator already in the company is yeah. that one of the things you're looking for good luck finding that yeah yeah well so that's, like, that's part of why i asked <laughs> yeah that. it's funny because back if you look at like i think it's even still on the mm capital website which by the way for legal disclosure mm capital does not own any company direct it's just a management <laughs> consulting business uh mike and i own all the in, uh, entities individually um but i guess on that side it's like the website i think it's like you know recurring revenue high barriers to entry like it's like everything that everyone wants it's right. like you know yeah, no customer diver- or uh, concentration <laughs> um but the reality in 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 kind of practice is a lot of those things don't exist especially in small businesses mm-hmm. right yep. um you know good most people that own and operate a small business you know own and operate a job for themselves mm-hmm. um so you got to realize that very rarely are you getting kind of that already set up um organization where you can just come in and say hey you know you're no longer talking to gary you're talking to matt just keep doing what you're doing (laughs) good luck um Mm -hmm. it just doesn't work that way we've been pretty good at taking something that's already been built to some degree right somebody's taken something from a to b and they have plateaued to some degree now they're tired burnt out Mm -hmm. want out for whatever reason right we are very good at taking something that's you know from b and taking it to the next level, right? Because we can come in with a fresh set of eyes, see where maybe they haven't invested or they've made mistakes and you know, kind of optimize things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, we don't 
really like startup stuff. We haven't been mm-hmm. successful with that, but taking something that's already been established and then adding to it. Yep. And so when you're going in these companies, are and every deal I'm sure looks different in some way, but are you looking to acquire the entire company, become majority owner and have somebody stay on? What does that look like? Yeah, no, in, in all of them, we look for majority or, or 100% control. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And talk about the importance of that. Why is that one of the things you're looking for? Well, we have found a lot of times that, you know, you know, back, back to Mike's comment about, you know, getting from A to B, um, there's, there's usually some sort of reason that people are exiting, um, whether it's divorce, whether it's, you know, they had a heart attack, whether it's, uh, you know, they're fighting with a business partner, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and whatever they tell you is usually not always correct, right? right? Um, so we've found through, you know, maybe school of hard knocks on this, um, kind of out of the gate with some some unsuccessful things that we've done um, that really kind of having that tag along partner of the guy who started the business um, or the guy who you know is trying to sell but we want him to stay in a little bit for xyz reason uh, just to prove that the business is real or something like that I think that's maybe why a lot of people do that is it's security Mm -hmm. right you're like well if he's willing to take even if it's 10 or 15 percent equity that means you know he still cares about the business and it's still real it's going to help protect us um the reality is most of the time it's you're going to fail right mm-hmm. you, you're absolutely going to fail in those scenarios um so while it may be hard um for sellers or it it, it may be hard for buyers um going into that situation trying to do it um with a partner or with a friend or something like that, you're just setting yourself up for failure and complexity. We found that, and this is for the most part, not every time, because it has worked out once before, but um, for the most part, we've noticed that you know somebody builds a business and they've been doing it for 10, 20 years, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have been the person in charge mm-hmm. in that business, right? And oftentimes they don't like somebody else coming in and, and helping drive that future direction and they are now not the you know big man on the totem pole, mm-hmm. right? So right. that in itself leads to lots of problems. Yep. Yeah, I totally see that time and time again. Um, I think you're really smart to just call a spade a spade. Hey, you're coming in. We're coming in, and you're going out, and you're leaving with a pile of cash, and we're taking on the responsibilities. But yep. that it's kind of like no man's land. You know, when you try to accommodate that, because all of a sudden you're you're right. Somebody owned it; it's their baby. Everybody's like, "Hey, Max, the guy. Who are you? I'm Mike. I'm not Mac. Yeah, but Max, the guy. No, he's not. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's really important to set that up at the very beginning stages when you're looking at something to Mm -hmm. buy. Right? Is you know, tell me what is your key goal. Right? Is it? Do you want to stick around? You just want a, a monetary event here, or do you want to you know, retire and know that you know, your folks are going to get taken care of? Um, but that's a big conversation to have early on uh, mm-hmm. to make sure that everybody's pretty clear on on what's going to happen. And look, I would say, you know, not to put you guys on the spot here, but like, what would you say is the biggest commonality between entrepreneurs? They can't work for somebody else. Yeah, it's ego, yeah. right? I think that's why I I struggle with that word so much is because it starts with e, which also you know is ego. Um, 
and you know whether people believe it or not i would say it's probably the, the biggest commonality amongst you know entrepreneurs is ego right so mm-hmm. how how can you possibly navigate um you know someone else's ego mm-hmm. um especially when you know it is their baby right and so mm-hmm. it's just hey we'll take care of your baby like it's our own um you know go fishing go you know mm-hmm. buy a boat go go do something else enjoy your life mm-hmm. let us let us carry this stress now yeah so I'd be curious, have you seen, let's talk about scenarios where you've seen somebody that actually ran to something and they actually did well after the exit. And let's talk about somebody that took it as I'm running from something and maybe got lost after they left. And I don't know if you guys stay in contact with some of these people, but don't use names, but I'm just curious if you saw any patterns of people that had, oh, I'm running to something, and by golly, they're doing great. Or somebody that thought, yeah, this is going to be great, and I'm lost, and I don't know what to do. Um, you know, for for one of the businesses we've bought, you know, on the exit side of things, like, you know, what are they doing? And I think when you have multiple partners, that also throws yeah. a wrinkle into some of this, right, where, you know, maybe somebody wants to stick around, and somebody wants to just get out entirely, um, so we've seen you know, some interesting dynamics like that where you know somebody wants to stay, they love it, they want to continue on, but some folks are you know done for whatever reason it may be. Mm-hmm. I would say there's a point in time where we could share those stories a lot more. <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, the one thing that is funny that I will mention out of kind of maybe the successful side of it, yeah. um, rather than the negative side, yeah. we're saving that for our book one yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always joke, like, some of these conversations, I wish we recorded for a podcast <laughs> that we just released, like, serial years later. <laughs> Here's the lost tapes of MM Capital. Right. Um but, you know, I, I do say, and I, I think one of the main reasons for Mike and I's success as a partnership, we've never had a disagreement or a fight. I mean, we've had, you know, points of, hey, here's a perspective or a different perspective. But most of the time it's out of, you know, just being devil's advocate because one person is mm-hmm. asking the other person to be a devil's advocate. Um, but I got this advice very early on, which was never go into business with a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, you make your friends through business, um, which Mike and I would say are great friends i probably talk to him more than i talk to my wife um but the reality of the situation is you know we don't we live in different cities we don't hang out on the weekend our kids don't go to the same school stuff like that so i think there's this level of understanding um you know that be just because you're partners doesn't mean that you have to be friends and just because you're friends doesn't mean you can be good partners right right so understanding that dynamic because i've seen a lot of people that are friends that say, hey, let's go start a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it mm-hmm. never ends well. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many opportunities that we've come into or seen because of friends that are failing. Right. Um, you know, it, I guess to the positive side of that, you know, the, the individual that we bought one of the businesses from, um, you know, we, we've actually become very close with and have actually done a few deals with out of that. So mm-hmm. it's something where, um, you know, we, we just got to know each other through the deal process, have very similar kind of backgrounds um, in terms of our approach to business. Um, and now we own an asset together, right? So um, sometimes stuff like that happens where, you know, the reason he was probably one of the only ones that was very upfront of why he's exiting a business, was very clear about it the whole time, mm. stayed in communication after the fact. And then it was like, hey, you know, 
you want to look at something together one day um so there are positives Mm -hmm. um but more often than not you know um i would say what what ends up happening is you know people just they're falling down a negative spiral um Mm -hmm. and when we've tried to partnership now there's a lot of people that have sold businesses to us that are you know doing their own thing perfectly happy in retirement um, sure. so i don't want to make it seem like they're all negative but the ones that we've tried to either tag along with us or try to get involved it's, it's usually more on the on the negative side yeah the, the partnership aspect we haven't really touched on that at all but that's super important for folks looking to buy something right if matt and i had different philosophies in terms of you know cash in the business right it can just mm-hmm. go downhill in, in, in a hurry mm-hmm. yeah. How so you, I don't know if that answered. I feel like I, we dodged your question because we don't want to well, go down the path. Of, you don't want to incriminate anybody so, yeah, yeah. or yourselves, and I get it. Sell us your business. We'll never talk bad about you. We <laughs> promise. <laughs> no, I, I was just looking for validation on some of the stuff that I've seen where when I've seen people exit and they think, oh, wow, I've got more money than I've ever imagined I would ever have. But if they didn't run to something, if they didn't know, oh, I'm going to go do something, they became lost souls in some regards. And they would fill them, you know, I know one guy that got 80 million bucks and it destroyed him and his marriage. You know, he just tried filling everything with that hole with the wrong stuff. You know. Yeah, I would say that we've seen maybe that in the sense of as we're going through the diligence process and getting to know the business owner that you know we've got the business owner LOI with. Um, I would say that it is a point of yellow flag for us in a deal mm. whenever the owner doesn't have a way. Um, mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, like a vision for what they're doing after the fact. Yeah. So back to the you know, the personal therapist side of things, all of a sudden, then I'm like, okay, now we've got a coaching initiative where <laughs> I've got to understand, does he have a focus? And if he doesn't, you know, number one, does he really want to sell? Because are we going to waste a bunch of time here and the guy's not going to sell? Or number two, you know, is it just that he hasn't thought about it? And if he hasn't thought about it, I'm going to start getting him to think about it today because if he hasn't had that thought and we're sitting at that closing table it's going to be a lot more difficult for him to sign that paper than it would be if hey i'm moving to something exactly so it almost becomes back to relationship side um and maintaining those relationships and building those relationships you know understanding that dynamic sorry if i misunderstood your question no but that's that's exactly right and so i probably wasn't clear yeah so that's good I want to go back to the dynamic of your two partnership together Um, because there's a few things. The first was you said if there were differences of how to run a business, right? How much cash to have in the bank, things like that. How did you snuff those things out or was it a learn and grow as you go type thing? Was that a before you started? Was it as you were going? What did, how did that work between you two? I'm not totally sure. Yeah, I don't. Uh, but but luckily we we is have, it coming out now? Is it that's yeah. what this podcast is turning? You're gonna into? hear our first fight ever. <laughs> yeah. um, you said we've been at least you know extremely lucky in that um, we've had very similar philosophies with, with cash, for example, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm sure you could probably tease us out while we're working together. I am extremely frugal. I don't like spending money unnecessarily. Um, you know, I don't like pulling money out of the business unnecessarily to go buy whatever, yep. mm-hmm. right? 
um, and you are you know, similar in that regard, but that can destroy things really mm-hmm. fast, right? Of, you know, we want to invest back in the business. We want to acquire other businesses so our current business can get bigger. And we're looking at the long-term, you know, effects of things versus yep. what is the short-term. Um, and, and that in itself has been uh, you know, very important. Yeah, I, I would say from both of our perspectives, something that you know wasn't maybe discussed, but we knew about each other. Um, and it was maybe more the attorneys that were trying to force us to think about stuff like that when we were mm. you know documenting some of the some of the early deals. Um, and it was like, look, we we're, we got this. Like we're on the same page with this stuff. Um, you know, we both of us live substantially below our means, mm-hmm. right? It's just we're not at that point in our lives maybe or i think probably what's more correct in that is it just it's not who we are we're not yeah. flashy people right. um so it, it works out well because it's not like mike's calling me hey i'm buying a ferrari this weekend can we make a distribution it's just it's, yeah. it's not who we are we're both focused on you know growing these assets reinvesting in the businesses having substantial rainy day funds that type of stuff so there's there's never been you know that dynamic that's come up um you know there's been insurance stuff that we've had to talk about that's awkward of like mm-hmm. hey you know we got to protect each other from from that perspective and, and even more so you know protect families right, yeah. um so we've had to have those conversations but really from a business standpoint yeah there's there's been nothing um that you know from a practicality and approach that we've had differing opinions on yeah. i mean I, and i remember before before you quit banking before i quit banking you know we had a um uh, a meeting where you know it was, it was me and my wife you and your wife i mean kind of you know, got everybody together for yeah. for a couple hours and said hey you know wives are you cool with this are we mm. cool with this mm. um you know before making that jump and you know they're on board too you know his his wife is not a partner in the business but but she is right same with mine yeah, yeah. i forgot about that dinner it was we wanted plausible deniability <laughs> smart <laughs> Hey, we're going to go risk Smart. everything, uh, but it's not our fault. You guys agreed to it. <laughs> How long did you guys work together at the bank, you know, in corporate America before you did this? And how long have you guys been partners now? What well, we met in 2012. I probably. interned 2012. Yeah. Full-time 2013. And then we probably started reaching out to business brokers, like I said, with the in, not necessarily the intent of, hey, we're bailing on banking. Yeah. You know, this is going to be our future. Um, but we probably started toying around with the concept in, in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, I left banking in 2016. Um, and then, you know, pretty, I think a month after that, we closed on first acquisition. Um, Mike left banking in 19. In 19. Early 19. Okay. Um, so once, he, once we were able to uh, buy something big enough yeah, to then cool. support me right. too. Yeah. Cause we knew the, the first few businesses we bought that again, it was that, you know, we're hoarding cash to reinvest. We're spending, um, you know, on the business, we're spending on the next acquisition, that type yep. of thing. Um, so Mike was gracious enough, um, to support me, um, from the standpoint of, uh, you know, go out there and do it ourselves. But I mean, to this day, right. We don't take salaries. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, we're we're not we are not greedy or selfish from that perspective. It's it's you know we're very methodical and thoughtful of you know what we're doing with capital. How how else with 
the theme of the dynamic of the partnership. How do you guys handle things like responsibilities, decision making, things like that? Obviously, it sounds like it's been fortunate where you guys are on the same page, but how do you handle that being able to go back and forth and do those things? Yeah, I would say what and this maybe goes back to the question of why we work together well. Yeah. I think coming from the background that we did of just being abused and used, um, <laughs> you know, to have bosses that get joy out of the fact that, you know, all, you know, Matt's got to cancel a vacation. Little did they mm. know that I enjoyed it too. But um, <laughs> that aspect of, you know, oh, I need this by tomorrow. Um, I don't care if you have to stay all night. Um, I think that perspective that it, that it built in us, um, really made us be able to block and tackle anything you know i think we held the the record at, at one bank for you know time of underwriting uh for financing just because you know so so many people get caught up in like why people are asking questions like hey we need this report or this financial statement or or this you know whatever um you know we're just like okay great what else you need like it's you know it's just that mentality of like i don't care what you're asking for i, I want the financing so ask away i'm yeah. going to get it to you like people are always amazed at how quick um we're able to navigate the and i think it's just because there's no ego and it. it's just like mm. what what does that benefit us to to you know try and fight back those situations so blocking and tackling for us has never been something comes in it's like hey can you do this yeah great got it yeah it, it helps to know that you know again working 80 to 100 hours a week like i know he's going to run through a wall to get whatever is mm -hmm. needed to be done right and i'm going to do the same thing yep. so i know that you know he's not going to slack off and he knows i'm not going to slack off and that's been you know very helpful knowing that you know i can say hey can you can you help with this now we also have some other things that were complementary for each other right um yeah i would say at first i was probably a little more on the softer people side of things um i think that's probably changed recently but um you know so there, there's other things like that i mean he's he's better at modeling than i am right um so there's other things that we bring to the table that i've got a little better skill set at and he's got some things that he's a little better at and that also helps i love cars i hate vehicles if you can distinguish the dif difference between those two well yeah uh, a minivan is not a car <laughs> well no i don't mean it that way but i mean like you know fleet uh stuff yeah. um you know, it's it's something that you know I'll kick to him just because mm -hmm. I don't like, and he'll kick stuff to me. Um, but it's also back to that that balance point, right? Mm -hmm. Is I have a very high um, EQ, um, which can be great, but it can also be detrimental. Mm -hmm. um, so being able to you know call Mike and be like, hey, this is what I'm thinking or what I want to do, um, but he can balance me on some of those decisions um, so that I don't get you know too far too too out of my skis. So the word balance has come up multiple times. You started the podcast with it, right? Um, and you've also mentioned both being family men. How do you balance the responsibilities and priorities of the, the job, of the business, and the businesses you're buying with the priorities you have outside of of the business right with family with kids whatever you have outside how do you do that balancing act so you know for me right um you know i compare it back to banking land of you know it's credibly out of balance right so now we i think i probably work a little less than i did in banking time mm -hmm. um so it's actually way easier now yeah. than it ever has been before right you, know, you don't do you know we're, we're not traveling overnight 
for you know a full week here or there. So you know, I see my kids for bed every single night. Yeah. Right. And it's a it's a rarity if I don't. You know, versus before where mm-hmm. it was a rarity to put them down. Right. So um, you know, in, in weekends now, I you know I, I can see my kids on the weekends. Right. Yep. And when we go on vacation, I can actually enjoy some of that. Right. And, and if he needs to take off, shoot, Matt, tell me what you're working on. I'll, I'll take it over for you. Right. So it's it's this has helped tremendously. But again, you know, we didn't come from a you know, 30, 40 hour work. Week. Right. So, yeah, a, a 60, 70 hour work week looks nice when it's coming from 100. <laughs> it looks right. terrible when it's coming from 40. Correct. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. And again, you know, the, the my wife, you know, you know, she was used to the banking regimen, yep. right? And you know, she, again, she is fully on board for all of this stuff that we're doing. Um, so again, transitioning away from banking into this was great for her, mm-hmm. right? You know, I'm able to watch the kids during the day if I need to. Yep. Right? I mean, it's just a vastly different world than, than what we were in before. Yeah, I think the lack of travel really helped a lot mm-hmm. um, in that, uh, you know, maybe uh, positioning with, with the wives of, hey, this is a good idea. Um, you know, I'll be here every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that was very helpful. But just having wives who understood um you know, my wife comes from a small business family, right? Um, so she kind of gets it. Um, yep. So I, I think that aspect of it helps a lot is, you know, we both knew and we both, you know, had that plausible deniability conversation yeah. with them. Um, but on the, on the same token was being present. Um, I think being present in the moment or being able to be present with the kids. Um, back to, you know, what I was talking about earlier with the stress, the controllable stress in small business, right? Yeah. Is if something stressful happens, I'm like, okay, I, I know, you know, what bucket this falls in and how to respond. Yep. Um, versus banking, um, you know, I, I'll never forget this moment that I had where um, I was actually quote unquote on vacation and my daughter um this was my middle child um she was on a playground and she was climbing up a ladder and i got an email from a boss that was you know he said it was urgent looking back it was unbelievably stupid um but you know looking at this email just getting infuriated by the things that he was saying to me um and not paying attention to my daughter on the ladder and she fell and it was like i'm so caught up in something that doesn't matter um, that I, you know, put my daughter's, you know, like maybe that's extreme life, but you know, it was yeah. <laughs> her <well-being. laughs> correct. Yeah. Her well-being. It was probably was good for her that she fell. She's <laughs> tough now. Um, but <laughs> but the reality is, is like I I realized that hey, I may be here going through the paces as a father, but I'm not yep. really present. Yep. Um. So so kind of back to okay. I there's got to be some change. Here. Yeah. Being there doesn't always mean you're there. Correct. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Yeah. Now this is this is really fun. To just there's so much wisdom, if anybody's paying attention to this, on the um, just the intentionality yep. that you guys have had. You didn't rush into something. Oh, hey, I've got this stupid idea. I got hey, that sounds great. And you, you had a work ethic established. You had, I loved one of the quotes that you said, Matt, and, and I probably got it screwed up, but you said, don't go into business with a friend, go into business and make a friend. Something yeah. like that, yeah. right? Ooh, how many times have we seen friends blow up yeah. 
because hey we got this great idea they've never really seen each other's work ethic they think they have similar values but until money's on the line the fact that you consulted your wives because dad gummit <laughs> yep they are like that you guys went up way high in the credibility scale for me because of that simple decision oh you didn't discount your wives oh she doesn't know anything about business anyway what whether they do or not you should honor and <laughs> plausible deniability like <laughs> that's really wise this was your idea remember <laughs> right <laughs> don't come talking to me so yeah no i think this is really good um i just love the uniqueness of your story too just because um it's it's a different path than everybody else that we've had so far it it does seem you use the word intentional it, it does everything that you guys have talked about seems very intentional along the way much more than a lot of the stories i mean the fact that you were at school saying okay i'm gonna go to school I'm going to get in, into uh, banking for a few years. I'm going to build up uh, some liquidity. I'm going to build up some experience. And then I will move on to that next step. And then when you guys did do that, you said, okay, I'm going to stay here for a few more years to make sure that, that we have the income that we need while we build this. Just every single step was not letting the emotions get in the way of being impatient and trying to jump into something. It's... Yeah, and again, it goes back to supporting each other, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think we earned a lot of credibility through just working together over time that, you know, enabled us to do that. Yeah. You know, him letting me jump out first. Um, and then, you know, obviously in the early innings, there was maybe some dirty elbows and hands that I had to get. Um, but I never, it, it was never like I was out and, you know, working and thinking, oh, he's back in the office. And, you know, mm -hmm. Mike maybe would have thought that from the office every now and then. But, um, you know, again, it, it's support, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So talk about vision for the future. What you guys have, you've been out of banking, you said, for three years, right? Uh, three and a half now. Yep. yep. So it's been three and a half years where you're both in this doing it full time together. What's the next iteration? What What's next for you two? We've got some assets now that are uh, really accelerating in their growth. Um, the HVAC company, Matt, can talk a little bit about that, but our property management company right now is, um, you know, growing like crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got, you know, there's some really substantial assets that are going to continue to, to, you know, knock on wood, thrive here. Um, you know, obviously, we no one really saw COVID coming or mm -hmm. put that on your uh, bingo card for uh, you know, risk factors. So, you know, hopefully we're in a little more of a, a balanced area now but yeah, I can see our property management company growing you know tenfold over the next you know 10 years I mean, right. it's, mm -hmm. it's it's growing substantially in the HVAC you know I'll let Matt talked about that but that's uh, another growing asset I mean, mm -hmm. yeah I'll never forget um, one business broker that we bought three four businesses from now um, he called me he called me once and he was like man I know you got a problem but you know, I'm going to keep selling to you if you keep buying them. <laughs> so it's like this aspect of, you know, we're, I, I, I think the reality is that, you know, Mike and I are not wired to say, all right, in, you know, 20, 
30, we're going to sell all the assets and, you know, we're going to go, you know, live on the beach. I just, Mm -hmm. I I don't think that we're individually wired that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't think it suits our personalities. Um, So the reality of something like that happening is probably, is probably very, very thin. Um, I would say that, you know, one benefit of, of traction, especially as we've built leadership at, you know, some of these assets as they've become, you know, extremely sizable, like the HVAC business um, is, you know, we can put individual leaderships uh, goals at, at each business as opposed to, you know, mm-hmm. sent back at, you know, Mike and I and saying, Hey, this is what we want to do with all the assets that that conversation very rarely happens. Mm-hmm. It's more, okay, here's what we're doing at the HVAC business today. And we, here's why we're doing it because we're trying to get to X in, in yeah. 10 years. Um, so it's kind of funny that as we've grown these assets, that conversation has kind of subsided from Mike and I having that conversation and more, you know, Mike is visionary of the real estate and property management business, having that conversation there. And me is kind of visionary of the HVAC business. I'm having that with my team there. And then we're just updating each other on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. It's more of the vision, the vision of each individual asset. Yeah. More so than you two as a whole. Correct. Out of the gate, it was funny because, you know, some of these industries, it was very thoughtful, I would say, in terms of our approach. Um, but I would ultimately it comes down to dumb luck, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the HVAC business, we were like, well, when was the housing boom? Mm-hmm. Okay, the housing boom was mid, you know, two thousands, right? How long do all these units last? Oh, they last, you know, ten to fifteen years. Okay, so we're coming up on that period. Plus, R twenty two is being sunset. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to switch refrigerants, which means you have to change out the units. It's not, you know, um, cost prohibitive to to you know go ahead and do that repair. So it was like, okay, even if you're an idiot, you know, the industry itself is you know, properly mm-hmm. positioned. Um, the doggy daycare business is right. It was the only brick and mortar business, believe it or not, that was projected to grow over the next 10 years. Right. So we were like, okay, more people are, are getting pets. Um, but I don't think anyone would have ever predict what, what COVID would do mm-hmm. right in April of, of 2020. Oh, I, I don't <laughs> think I could eat. Mike would just call me and I'd just sit there on the phone silent. You know, the doggy daycare business and boarding business was down 95%. Right. Um, so it was like, well, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> we can't just make dogs and no one's going to work and no one's traveling. Um, but it, it was funny because everybody and their mother decided, you know, hey, let's get a dog. Um, and then all of a sudden, let's go back to work. We don't know what to do with these dogs. Um, so that business has, has really, you know, rebounded and, and grown substantially out, out of COVID. Um, and then the property management, you know, is, it was funny because, you know, uh, Mike had a brother who had done some work and we started looking at that industry and it's you know well hey you know people aren't buying homes and people aren't saving money now so it's like what are they going to do when they start to have a family and they're in an apartment building you know eventually they're going to have that realization of hey we don't want to live in an apartment but oh crap we weren't financially astute enough to save money and buy a house but we want to get in a house so i think the rental market in general um mm-hmm. is not only counter cyclical um but you know there's also just design growth by you know generational differences right. um mm-hmm. so th- we did have those conversations as we were going into these industries of okay we're looking for secular tailwinds that even if we screw 
up because we're going to screw up, right? We're going to go in. We're not going to know what we're going to do. We're going to have to learn it. Um, but at least there's these other factors that will insulate us from some of our failures as we have them and give us at least a little extra time to learn. Mm-hmm. So you two highlighting those factors as well is another big differentiator because we talked at the start of Gary, you had said one of the big differences for you two is how much you know from the financial side of things, right? You can go look at books and be able to tell the the financial health of a company really well. Nothing that you talked about there was about the financial side. It was no P&L or anything like that. It was what are the trends? Mm -hmm. What are these industries doing? What has happened in the past that's going to affect the future? And that's a completely different skill set than being able to look at, at a balance sheet and get a good idea about something. It was funny. Everyone in, in banking and private equity, um, which we both have backgrounds in, you know, talk about the financial modeling and we're financial wizards. You know, if anyone has been through an analyst program or even, you know, junior associate program, man, you're doing a lot of industry research. <laughs> You know, you're just experts of Google, um, yeah. right? So, you know, being able to to do that. Um, and then obviously, you know, we learn the financial side as we kind of progress through those careers. But the reality is it's our base was just knowledge yeah. of being able to do research um, and being able to effectively research and differentiate between different opinions. Um, so, yeah, no, that's very accurate. Yeah. And then, you know, to Matt's point about, you know, just – dumb luck i mean some of it's a factor of you know what's for sale right now yeah mm-hmm. right so True. we liked hvac for a while and we were connected with somebody that was gonna sell it right the property management business was for sale we just happened to be looking at it like the industry and poof you know it's mm-hmm. for sale so let's yep. go after it. so if that business wasn't for sale you know who knows we maybe mm-hmm. wouldn't be in it at all yeah. yeah, and some of the ones, it's the other thing that I talk to people all the time about is like, it's, you know, don't get deal pregnant. Um, I don't know if that's the most PC thing to say, so I apologize for that. Um, but it, you see so you see so often, like, people get so far down the line yeah. with the deal, like we were with those gyms, where it's like, there's some things that are happening that you may ignore just because you're so hungry right. to make an acquisition. Yep. You're like, I'm going to do this, um, that you ignore things. But that was probably a, a lucky miss, right? I was um, going to say, man. You're looking at multi-site gyms in Charlotte, North Carolina, where the YMCA is the king of the hill. It's like, yeah. wow, that's a tough one. Now, CrossFit still has, you know, found its niche, and you got Orange Theory and some of these others. But still, the Ys were, you know, the formidable group. Yeah. You got Hustle House now too. Yep. Yeah. Um, but um, anyway, one other thing that I just think is really interesting between you guys is both of you are visionaries. And your partners sometimes two tomcats in a bag don't work out so well but the fact that you guys have so many commonalities you work together you have batteries and you've also found separate places to run you know I think it's really interesting but also ego yeah right call me whatever you want to call me yeah right I, I will do whatever is necessary in the yeah. company too right I don't care what it is nothing is yeah. below me right so, it, so from that aspect you know Matt can be visionary all day long I'm willing to help him in the sky however, it's, however yep. I can but yeah that's the thing you, you, you both have visionary capabilities but nothing is beneath you and I would say maybe in 
two responses to that. One being, I think you can have two visionaries in a setup that we are because, you know, we get to express mm-hmm. that in different avenues, right? Different channels. Um, but also, you know, what's a visionary supposed to do? Like 10 ideas a day or whatever it is, right? Um, the nuance between us is, you know, we're kind of still wired differently mm-hmm. in terms of like what he may focus on would be different than what I focus on. And it just becomes complimentary, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so from that perspective, I think it, it works out sometimes. Um, and then the other side is, you know, I would say probably the best description um, for us um, as it relates to these businesses, we're chameleons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could walk into sky or you know they track business and have a conversation all hvac and you know walk the walk talk the talk um you know do that i can do repairs on systems right then i could walk into doggy daycare and you know <laughs> walk that right it's it's constantly being able to adapt to situations without ever feeling that you know anything's below you um you know i was just three days ago you know mopping up you know, dog pee in the lobby at one of the doggy daycares, right? It's like, you know, the, you grab the dog, I'll, I'll get the bucket, right? Like, don't, you know, it's it's nothing is, is truly beneath us and, and being able to adapt and be a chameleon in, in any, not in, in the, sorry, just one more thing, not to go down a rabbit hole, but I think anybody has ability to be a chameleon, but to do it with true empathy um, in terms of understanding and not ego. Um, That's a superpower. Correct. Yeah. 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 Gary, final questions, final thoughts here. This has been a great conversation. This has been so much fun. I've asked all the questions that were on my mind. Okay. (laughs) Any final thoughts from you two? Anything else you want to share to the listeners before we sign off? I mean, you know, I would highly recommend, uh, you know, if you're in corporate America land thinking about it, you know, put a lot of time, effort into it. But uh, I'm extremely happy I made the jump. Mm. Um, You know, for... For a variety of reasons um, but again I know we're wired a little bit differently but you know for those that you know are thinking about and have the entrepreneurial bug um, and you're able to you know protect some downside risk I would say do it it's funny I try and talk people out of it all the time it's <laughs> <laughs> so terrible I don't do it don't do it <laughs> uh, you want gray hair <laughs> Uh, but no, it's funny. I can't. The amount of times, if I had a you know a dime for every conversation or lunch or coffee that I've had with individuals who want to get into it, um, the vast majority have never. I, I I don't even think I can say maybe one or two have made the leap out of all those conversations um, because the reality is it sucks, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not easy. Um, we don't do easy things every day. Um, it's extremely risky um, and you have to have a family that understands you. Yeah. Um, so from, from- That that suck though is the thrive zone for a lot of people, oh, yeah. right? For all four of us around the table, yeah. that's where we come alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for other people, they'll be miserable doing it. Yeah. So it's the- figuring it out before you take that leap, but exploring it at least if it's in your mind yeah. and then making the right decision of what fits you. Yeah, it's like how diamonds are forged, right? It's through adversity. It's, yep. this, this stuff is fun. Um, it's not easy. For some of us. <laughs> right? yeah. We've had a lot of conversations after midnight where it's like, what the hell are we doing? But uh, the reality is yeah. it's fun. It's rewarding. Well, perfect. Thank you both so much. This has been amazing. Thanks, Appreciate guys. it. Thank, Thank you. you.